Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. In this episode, I'm responding to a mom who says she's desperate for help because her two-and-a-half-year-old is constantly demanding her and her husband's attention. Before I begin, I want to quickly mention that both of my books are available in audio at audible.com and in paperback at amazon.com and also in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. Dear Janet, I'm so desperate for help that I decided to come straight to you, hoping you can offer some advice. My almost 2.5-year-old demands constant attention, and if someone, mainly me, doesn't give it to him, he either throws a tantrum or does something he shouldn't be doing, so I inadvertently have to give him the attention. I've tried saying, Owen, I need to do X for five minutes, and then I will come play with you. And sometimes he'll last one or two minutes, but generally he's just right back under my feet straight away. And if I continue to stand my ground, he'll do something either dangerous or destructive, which will ultimately demand my attention. I'm feeling so frustrated because our whole world revolves around our only child. We spend the whole day, every day, entertaining him, calming his tantrums and intense emotions, and following him around, putting out fires and cleaning up messes. This is not okay anymore. We are expats living in Hong Kong. My husband is a pilot, so he is home quite often, and we do employ a helper who helps us with household chores and child watching. And up until recently, I've been a stay-home mom. So, as you can see, there's usually always someone who can be with him, giving him constant attention. But it's getting out of hand. My husband and I can't even embrace or have a conversation without him climbing in between us or interrupting us with loud shouting. He is a very intense, persistent, strong-willed, sensitive child who needs better parenting to be all he can be. What changes can I make that will have a lasting and calming effect to our home and family? About to combust L. Wow, so yeah, this sounds very challenging. But the solution is actually pretty simple, which doesn't necessarily mean easy. Our children can demand all they want. <laughs> it's really up to us whether we feel captive to those demands or not. So the key here is to give our child his place in the household, which is a blustery little toddler guy. And there's really nothing he can do that's going to wind us up if we don't let it. We don't give his behavior power. For example, this mother says that she is trying to calm his tantrums and intense emotions. Now that always stands out for me because when a parent states their approach to tantrums as taking an active role that way, then I realize that they're wasting a lot of energy where it's not only not needed, but actually can get in the way. Because now we're teaching our child that he can hold us captive to him and get our attention whenever he's upset. Now, if our child is really hurt or really upset, you know, it's wonderful to stop and connect and say, wow, yeah, you didn't like that when I said no about that. Or, yeah, I hear you really wanted to do this and I didn't let you. But beyond that, we don't have to stop and wait and try to do something, try to comfort our child. It's really, uh, we have to really take a passive role in our children's emotions where we're accepting 
and we're just letting them be. We're just letting the explosions happen and we're not trying to do anything about it. So we're letting our shoulders drop, we're relaxing, we're breathing, and we're just letting it go. And if we have to do something at that moment, you know, if we're not available to stop and wait or we don't want to, we do it. We do it with full acceptance that our child is not happy with us right now. And we have to take this role with confidence and say something like, I hear you're so upset, or just nodding our head and looking at him. Really, you know, when children are in the middle of a tantrum, it's best not to say anything because they, they really can't hear it. And if they see our mouth moving, they might feel like we're trying to talk them out of it or explain our position again or somehow not accept show that we don't accept these feelings, that they they just need us to normalize. Um, so it's normalized for them as well. So I would feel fine about saying, you're really upset, you didn't like my decision here, or, you know, looking at him and nodding your head, yeah, yeah, I hear you. And then going off, continuing doing what you were doing in the kitchen or whatever it is, and, you know, every once in a while, looking over at him, maybe he's holding onto your legs and you have to say, oh, wow, I have to walk over here. So I'm going to have to move your arms off my legs and then do it very calmly, you know, as efficiently as possible and move over and say, yeah, it's really hard. You're having a hard time letting go of me right now. But everything in me feels strong, solid, accepting. I'm not getting sucked into this. I'm not getting pulled by demands and, and feelings. That's not helpful for us. And it's not helpful for him if we do that. So right there is something where the power is a little out of balance. It's, it's not just good for us to, to be the ones that are the leaders in the house. It feels much better to children. I strongly believe he does not want to be this powerful, demanding character that's got everybody jumping, got everybody, you know, frustrated with him. Uh, you're not really liking him so much <laughs> in these moments. And it'd be much better for him. It would feel much better to him if you were fine with him not liking you right there. But you are still going to like him because you are accepting that his feelings are his feelings and they're not your responsibility to do anything with besides accept. And that little bit of, I guess it's like an emotional little separation that we have there uh, in those moments. I've used a lot of imagery that I've, I've shared where I pretend I'm a superhero in my mind and I have this shield on so the feelings can't penetrate me and make me feel terrible. And I really feel like I'm doing something wonderful in that moment, like letting him have his feelings, letting him have his you know, primal scream therapy, letting him release and know that he's safe to do that because the towers in his life, his parents are not getting blown over by him. We are just fine and we're okay with him feeling whatever he feels. That's going to free him up a lot. So right now he's kind of pushing, pushing, pushing everywhere to find leaders there. And instead he's getting, uh, and I understand how easy it is to get caught up in that, but he's getting people that are just feel like they have to keep him happy and calm him down and comfort him and make everything okay. And oh gosh, he's, he's yelling, you know, see this little tiny, tiny guy 
You know, he can yell and yell at you when you're trying to embrace. And you're still going to embrace. And you can look down after and say, wow, you're really trying to interrupt us. I see that. Don't let it happen. Rise tall and take your role in this house as leaders. He will be much happier and he won't be such a whirling dervish if you can do that. He's looking for the leaders. So the sooner you can jump into that role with confidence, the sooner he'll stop or at least calm down. You know, when he's got stress or when he's, you know, at the end of a long day or he hasn't seen you, he's been with the helper and, and now, you know, he's transitioning back to you. There are going to be times when he's, his feelings are more out of control and he's going to get caught up in all these impulsive behaviors, but it will happen less if the balance of power in the house is where it belongs. So let's go over some more specifics that this mother has shared. Okay, so when he's playing, oh, and I need to do X for five minutes, and then I will come play with you. And sometimes he'll last one or two minutes, but generally he's just right back under my feet straight away. So you've got to really be so solid in your role that, uh, first of all, you don't mind if he's trying to interrupt you. You're going to keep going as best you can. Then you see him going off doing some funny stuff that he knows he's not supposed to do. You don't run over there in a panic because that's giving it power. And we don't want to give him this feeling that he's disrupting us, that it's so easy for him to do right now. And, and we don't want him to have to feel that way. So we're going to look over and, you know, if it's just a minor thing, we might let it go for a minute. And then we might finish this little moment of what we're doing and... Go over. Ah, looks like, oh, yeah, you're, you're doing that thing over there. I'm, I'm going to stop you. Yeah, I know. You're not happy that I said no to playing with you. Take your time. Don't run unless it's a super emergency and he's got something really dangerous going on. Do a little bit of, I guess it is a little bit of acting here until you get comfortable in this role. You've kind of got to try it on for size and really <laughs> enjoy it. You know, you do have the power in this relationship. You're just not using it. And I don't know if you're, you know, there may be something, maybe afraid of using it that maybe you're going to get too strict. Actually, we have the best chance of being calm, confident, gentle leaders if we are coming from a place of strength. You know, we're coming from a place of power. Strength and power is when we don't have to shout, stop, what are you doing? Strength and power is when we can be quieter and we can say, oh, well, very interesting. Uh-huh, you're doing that one again, eh? Not making it exciting, not making it fun for him, uh, which I really don't think it is fun, even if he's smiling. I think it's uh, uncomfortable kind of, you know, it's not a centered, happy feeling. And that's what we want him to have. But first, he's got to establish that he's got leaders in the house and that the leader isn't him. And then he will calm down. So be really confident when you leave him, when, you're, when you say, I've got to go do this for five minutes. And, you know, then when you do play with him, don't let him treat you like a puppet there either. I don't know if that's happening, but you can hold your place as the person that uh, wants to enjoy his play and what he's doing. And, you know, you're not going to go running around playing fire engine with him. 
you're going to stay right here and you want to see his ideas and you don't want to take over them with yours and, and you really want to know more. And, and it's fine to say no to a child in those terms as well, because really what he wants and what he needs in play is attention from us. He doesn't need you to play with him and create the ideas with him and do the actions with him. He really just needs your attention. We may get caught up doing those other things. And, you know, parents have shared stories with me where their child says, okay, you, <laughs> they're in the sandbox. And the child says, okay, dig this, make this. And the mother's doing it and doing it. And the child's just sitting there not doing anything. And I think it's a misunderstanding that I know that I had before I became familiar with Magda Gerber's approach, where I just felt like, oh, we've got to show them playing is fun. And, you know, this is what playing with them is, and they need this, and they actually don't. It's, it's much more fun and validating for them if we just want to see what they're doing and what their ideas are and how they do things. And we don't have an agenda, and we don't have an expectation, and we don't uh, switch the direction of their play ever so subtly by playing with them. And, and that's what happens when we're the adult, because our d ideas do take over, even with a strong child like this guy. So take on a passive role in his play so that he does have a lot of experience playing without you joining in. And then be really clear when you can't play and feel really good about separating from him. There's no negative in that at all. It's not our job to be with our child every moment of the day and at their disposal. It's definitely not. Be very engaged with him and focused with him when you do have what Magda called the caregiving routine. So eating meals with him when he's having a snack. I mean, you don't have to eat with him, but when he's eating, you're there, you stop everything, you don't have your phone there, you sit with him, you take those moments and that's how you'll know that you have connected with him enough during the day. And you won't have to ever doubt that he's not getting enough of your attention. Because those moments happen a lot, just uh, along with changing diapers or helping him to the bathroom or taking a bath or having dressing time together, being there to support him and help him as much as he needs or wants you to in those situations. And a bedtime ritual and a very predictable day. All of those things will help him to release you at playtime. But in that moment, you've still got to be the confident leader when you separate. And accept that he's not going to say, okay, sure, you know, go do it. Oh, you know what? Take 10 minutes, take 15 minutes. Enjoy it, mom. Just make a wonderful dinner for me and I'll be so happy you're playing. I think that's the fantasy that I know I had. And uh, it just really very seldom came true. <laughs> Once in a while. So what else? So I think we covered the destructiveness. Yeah, give him a safe, as safe an environment as possible and as appropriate an environment as possible so that he's not able to get into your drawers and your makeup and your uh, whatever else that, you know, makes you have to go stop him. So minimize that as much as possible so you're preventing it from happening. When it does happen... La, 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 la. Oh, I see something going on over there. <laughs> Very chill. If you can do that a few times, then it will lose its power. The behavior will lose its power. And the same when you're trying to talk to your husband. I mean, no, it's not going to work immediately that now you're confidently talking and he's going to be quiet. He's going to yell. He's going to shout. He's going to try that a few times. And you're not going to be able to talk to your husband 
or peacefully embrace with your husband, but you're working towards this overall message to him that his behavior doesn't get you riled up, it doesn't anger you, it doesn't frustrate you, you just see it as there's this little guy going off and it's okay. So you're just going to continue, you know, not ignoring him, like turning away and we don't see you now. You can see him, well, we really, you know, have some strong feelings you want to talk to us right now. And then back to your husband. And even if you're just moving your mouths and you can't even hear what you're, each other's saying, just, you know, fake it a little bit. <laughs> just carry on so that he really gets the strong message that you are the towers of power and he can't get to you. You know, people can only get to us if we let them. It's really true. And I think my children help teach me this, and it's helped me in every area of my life to have boundaries and feel my power in relationships. So it's a positive thing, and it will be very, very positive for him. It will not wound his wonderful spirit. Quite the opposite. It will actually free him. It will calm him. It will help him be more centered and more deeply happy and comfortable. So that's how to shift this. And again, he doesn't need constant attention. He needs constant leaders. So I hope this perspective helps. I have written quite a bit on this topic, and uh, you can read the articles on my website, uh, along with my book, No Bad Kids, and Elevating Childcare, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. Those are both, again, available at Amazon.com in paperback and on Audible.com in audio and also an ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Apple.com. So thank you for listening. I hope this helps. We can do this. 